Hi, I'm Kerry, host of Best of Us Investors, and I want to talk about China today. Uh, there's a lot of news about Evergrande and uh, what's going to happen and how they're the largest real estate developer in China and what are the effects of it going to be on the Chinese stock market. I don't own anything in China. My largest exposure to China would have to be Tesla, and I'm considering what's going to happen relative to Evergrande and how China is going to handle it as to what I'm going to do and how it might affect my holdings in Tesla. Right now, I'm not prepared to do anything. But I do think that the Evergrande situation will have an effect on the overall stock market here in the United States, and I think we need to take it into consideration. There will be an effect. Uh, so. I want to address that in this video. I want to address uh, why I feel that you need to be out of China. In fact, if you're a regular here, you know between, let's see, it was uh, August, no, July the, between July the 10th and August the 2nd, I did five videos on why you should get out of China why you should not hold any investments in China from this point forward. So go find those videos and you'll know why I don't believe you should be in China. But then I want to today talk about what I think the effects of Evergrande will be on not only the Chinese market, but uh, the general investment community as a whole. That's what we're going to talk about in this video. I'll be right back. I got to tell you, I'm not your financial advisor. I'm here for education and entertainment. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. Okay, I think the first thing that is needed to be understood is how the Chinese people invest. Here in the United States, uh, we, we buy a home, uh, and then for the most part, if we're an investor, we invest in companies, we invest in the stock market. That's not true in China. 97% of all investments that Chinese people hold are in real estate. They don't understand the stock market. They are even more financially illiterate than we are. So they invest in what they are certain is going to go up in value, and that is real estate. I spent uh, 30 days in, real in, in China back in, I guess it was probably uh, 12 years ago. And what I noticed is uh, big cranes all over their cities building buildings, building apartments for people to live in. And I understood that they were bringing people in from the, uh, the agricultural area to live in cities because their economy was growing. What I didn't understand was all the little shops I saw on the streets that were selling toilets and sinks and chick countertops and, and, and all this thing all over the streets. And asking our guide, I was told that when Chinese buy an apartment, all they get is a, a box with walls in it, and then they have to go and buy their toilets and their sinks and, and everything else, much as you and I might buy an apartment and we have to buy our furniture they have to buy everything else. So, so I then looked into and more updated more recently, what does an apartment cost 
in in China, in their in their urban or in their uh, their cities, in a, a four hundred square foot apartment, and to give you some representation, that's about twenty feet by twenty feet, will cost about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Again, understand there's nothing in it, but that's not a problem because. A lot of Chinese buy second homes and never have any intention of moving into them. They buy them purely for investment reasons, much as you might buy some Tesla stock, not and not buy a Tesla, but you buy Tesla stock because you want to get the appreciation in the value of that stock as, as electric vehicles become more and more popular. That's how the Chinese look at apartments. And they, because they know this massive number of people are still moving into the cities and they can make money on the appreciation of, of, of real estate. And that all went well and good until um, to, until the coronavirus. In fact, they if, if you do some reading, you will see it was not uncommon that uh, Evergrande and some of the other 20 uh, major real estate investors would put up a building and say, we've bought the land, we've got the approvement from the city, and we're going to build a 30-story apartment building here, and the average apartment's going to sell for $250,000, and it'll take us two years to build it, and it would sell. It would sell out in, in five hours. That was normal. But as a result of the coronavirus in 2020, uh, people weren't working. And that, but these buildings were still already scheduled and being presented, and they were having no buyers. So what did they do? They started discounting the buildings. They started at 10%, 25%. They got as deep as 50% discounts on the buildings, which then put them in a bind as to making the payments on their debt. So as an example, just this week on, I believe it was the 23rd of September, they had a debt due in Yuan-sponsored debt. That, that's their currency. So that was debt owed to people in China. And they negotiated, and we don't know how they negotiated to get it taken care of. Now, you have to understand most of that debt was probably held by Chinese banks. Who owns the Chinese banks? Well, most of them are owned by the government. So the government basically got into an agreement with uh, Evergrande to make that, to take the pressure off of them uh, having to pay that debt. Well, two days later, they had a debt with a payment of $83 million in interest due in U.S. dollars. So that's debt held by U.S. companies. And we don't know what happened. What we do know, though, was they had a 30-day grace period. So in all likelihood, that nothing happened. There might be a grace period uh, that is with interest or is without interest? I don't know. What I suspect will happen is when that grace period is up, 30 in, in October, 
they will either pay it or they'll actually default on it and then they'll start negotiating on it. What I don't think is that many people want to um, try to then come and repossess property in China for payment of debt. Now, the, the government, uh, the president of China has said that he will not allow the Evergrande to default on his citizens. That is to say that he is going to say someone will deliver those departments to these people one way or the other. Now, he has a number of choices. He owns most of the banks, so they may, again, refinance the debt to Evergrande to allow them to continue to build. Or he may reorganize Evergrande, punish the people that own Evergrande, and redistribute the real estate amongst some of the other 20 major developers. My question is, if Evergrande is in this position, how many of the other developers are also in uh, the position of potential default. I would suspect many of them. I would suspect we have something very similar to the subprime crisis going on in China. If you don't understand what happened in the subprime crisis, read the book, uh, The Big Short, or equally as well, go on Netflix and find the movie, The Big Short, and several other movies that explain the subprime crisis, and you will understand how China is moving into a pretty much something of a meltdown of their stock market in the very near future. Now, what you have to decide is how is that going to affect your portfolio? If in fact there is a meltdown, how is that going to affect your portfolio? If you don't own many China stocks, probably not so much, except that if they don't pay the US debt, who holds that debt? Who holds that debt? Well, I would suggest to you that your major um, hedge funds are a big holder of that debt. That would include BlackRock, AQR, and Bridgewater. We've all seen Ray Dalio recently just stand on his soapbox and say, the future is in China. We all know that they are going to be the next economic power of this world. We know that Ray has bragged he's been investing in China for the past several decades. I'm pretty confident that Ray and BlackRock and AQR are going to take it in the shorts from uh, Evergrade, Evergrande, and many of the other 20 major real estate investors in China. I don't believe, and in fact, President, what's his name, Chi, has basically said his citizens will not take it in the shorts on this. They will get their real estate. They will get their apartments. And he has basically said to the local cities, you be prepared for an uprising, but you, uh, you, you also share, uh, share my commitment to our citizens that they will be taken care of. And I suspect the, the Chinese banks, which mainly are owned by the Chinese government, will be taken care of. If you own a 
investing in a hedge fund, or if you own any mutual funds or ETFs that basically call themselves emerging markets or China markets or Chinese debt markets, you're going to take it in the shorts. You're probably in JP Morgan and, and Goldman Sachs will also be one of the losers. So is this going to have some ripple effect into our market? I suspect it is. I suspect it is. And that's another reason why I have taken 25% of my investments out of the investment market and put it into cash. What I'm now considering is taking more of it out because I have just been informed that the Treasury is going to be tapering back. That was my video yesterday, uh, which means that they aren't going to be spending the 80 uh, or the $120 billion a month on um, American securities. So that's going to affect our market. Where, where, where we just added to that, the Chinese question of the market, we've had, that's added to Joe's 3.25 trillion that he wants for infrastructure that may or may not come. And to my way of thinking, the risk is outweighing the potential reward. You add the treasury pullback, the China real estate collapse, and Joe's inability to get 3.5 trillion more into the market, and I want to gather some dry powder. I want to gather some cash on the sideline in anticipation of a dip. When you have an accumulation of fear, of doubt, of questions, it's time to step to the side. It's time to say, take some of your profits off of the table and prepare for a pullback. I am confident, I am confident that I am making the right decision. My, my, what I'm troubling with right now is I believe the consequences, the largest risk of this is in the China situation. This is to me a replay of the subprime crisis of the United States in China. So I am asking myself right now, what is my exposure to China? My exposure to China is Tesla. That's all I've got there. Uh, Google, Apple, Amazon, uh, Facebook, they're non-players in China. Now, will there be some potential harm to them as a result of possibly Bridgewaters and uh, Black Rocks and JP Morgans and, and Goldman Sachs exposure to China? Yeah. There probably is. That's why I'm confident there's going to be a pullback. That's why I'm confident that some of my stocks are going to be on sale 10 to 20% in the very near future. And I want to have the money to buy them on sale. So that's what I'm doing. You do what's right for you. I, I, I could be wrong. I could be right. All I'm really here to you for you is to share my knowledge, my experience, 
and what I have seen over the past. I have experienced the dot-com bubble. I have experienced the subprime crisis. And I think I'm about to experience another, not crisis, I don't want to use that word, pullback, another buying opportunity. Again, I'm Kerry Grinkmeyer. I'm the host of Best of Us Investors. I have another channel called Best of Us in Retirement. I'd encourage you to look that up. I'd encourage you to give a thumbs up. I'd encourage you to subscribe to both of my channels because I can think I can help you make some better investment decisions. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.